Good morning, everybody. Welcome to episode of Living Light Outdoors. On the mic with you in the truck. We are uh, on our way to the shop. Been up early this morning, drinking a little coffee, spending a little time with the Lord, and just have something. That it's 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 something we've talked about probably before. Um, it's common scripture. A matter of fact, in our Holy Spirit teaching that we've been doing on Wednesday nights, we've uh, it kind of ended with some of that last night. This this very scripture. I guess maybe that's why it was on my mind this morning. So I kind of got to thinking about what a particular phrase in Scripture means when Jesus spoke it to the Samaritan woman. So I titled this this morning, In Spirit and in Truth. What does Jesus mean when he says to the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well, that the time has come to worship in spirit and in truth? There's a lot of teaching on this. I'm not going to get in depth with you I, i'm not going to take us you know into a into a dark well i i, I just want to touch on the subject a little bit with maybe some refreshment the idea of worshiping the lord in spirit and in truth obviously comes from this conversation that jesus has with the woman at the well in john 4 verse 6 through 30 you can go and read that whole passage in the conversation the woman was discussing places of worship with jesus saying that the Jews worshipped at Jerusalem while the Samaritans worshipped at Mount Gerizim or uh, in the mountains. And Jesus had just revealed that he knew about her many husbands, as well as the fact that the current man she lived with was not her husband. Now this obviously makes her uncomfortable. So she's attempting to maybe divert his attention to something else, to change the subject a little bit, to get it off of her personal life matters. Jesus refused to be distracted from from his lesson uh, on true worship, and he got to the heart of the matter. In John 4, chapter 23, or John chapter 4, verse 23, it says, But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeks such worship of him. The overall lesson about worshiping the Lord in, in spirit and in truth is that worship of God is to be con, is, is not to be confined to some geographical location. Worship doesn't happen just in your church. Worship doesn't happen just at a tent meeting. Worship doesn't happen just at a, at a song festival, a music festival, at a concert. That, that's, it's not about a geographical location uh, or, or necessarily regulated by the temporary provisions of Old Testament law. While with, with the coming of Christ, the, the separation between Jew and Gentile was no longer. It was no longer relevant at all. Nor was the centrality of the temple in worship. It, it no longer became necessary to go to the temple to worship. Why? Because when that veil tore, that day that Jesus died on that cross, we became the temple. Of the Holy Spirit, our, our bodies, our ourselves, our spirit, our soul became the body, the temple of the Holy Spirit. So, worship became a matter of the heart, not external actions, and and not directed or and directed by by truth rather than by ceremony. <clears throat> In Deuteronomy chapter six, verse four, Moses sets down for the Israelites how they are to love their God. 
He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. <clears throat> Excuse me. Our worship of God is directed by our love for him. As we uh, love, so we worship. Very, very important to understand this. As we love, so we worship. Because the idea of might in Hebrew indicates totality, Jesus expanded his expression of mind and strength. In Mark chapter 12, verse 30, <clears throat> Jesus, uh, or the scripture states that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. It, it, it makes it a complete, a total. There, there is nothing else. I mean, that's 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 our that's who we are in a totality found in that version. The worship or to worship God in spirit and truth necessarily involves loving Him with heart, with soul, with mind, and strength. True worship must be in spirit. That is engaging our whole heart. Unless there's a real passion for God, there is no worship in spirit. You understand that statement? If you don't have a passion for whom you're worshiping, for God, there's no worship in spirit. But at the same time, worship must be in truth. That is, properly informed. Our worship must conform to the revelation of God in Scripture. Very, very important. The passion for God is, is our spirit worship. But in the same token, when we worship in truth, it's that we conform to the revelation of God in Scripture. Unless we have knowledge of, of the God we worship, there is no worship in truth. Both are necessary for God-honoring worship. Spirit without truth leads to a shallow, overly emotional experience that can be compared even to a drug user's high. It's going to fade. It's an emotional high. I've got several messages where I touch on the subject of having an emotional experience versus having a life-changing encounter with God. An experience is emotional. An encounter changes us forever. And as soon as the emotion is over, when the, when the fervor cools, when the when the worship stops, when the high, you know when the band quits playing, the worship ends. But that's not how it should be. The truth without spirit can result in a dry, passionless encounter that can easily lead to a form of joyless legalism. If all we do is dig into the truth, it can become this legal thing that well, it's what we have to do. It's how we have to do it. It's what this says. It's how this says it. There's a mix in why Jesus was saying that this day has come that we need to worship in spirit, this passion that we have for God, and in truth, our understanding of who God is in Scripture. The best combination of both aspects of worship results in a joyous appreciation of God, and it's informed, it's solidified by Scripture. The more we know about God, the more we appreciate Him. And the more we appreciate Him, the deeper our worship. The deeper our worship, the more God is glorified. This, this combining of spirit and truth and worship is summed up well by Jonathan Edwards. He was an 18th century American pastor and a theologian, and he said this, I should think myself in the way of my duty to raise the affections, the emotions of my hearers as high as I possibly can provided that they are affected with nothing but truth. 
So in other words, he wasn't just wanting to play on their emotions. He was wanting their emotions to understand the truth that was being said. He was bringing his crowd to a fervor, to a to a emotional high based on the truth that was being spoken. Edwards recognized that truth and only truth can properly influence the emotions in a way that brings honor to God. The truth of God being of infinite value is worthy of infinite praise. Not only is worshiping in spirit and in truth meaningful, it's necessary. You know, I use an analogy sometimes when I'm when I'm working with youth leaders, or and I did this with my own uh, worship leaders in my youth uh, when when I was youth pastor. And I asked my youth leader, "What does it mean to lead worship? Well, what does that mean?" I want to ask you the same question. What what does it mean to lead worship? If you're a worship leader in a church, a youth ministry, wherever it may be, I want to ask you that question solidly. What does it mean to you? When you hear the phrase lead worship, and I've heard a variety of answers coming from young people to even older people when I ask them this question, and obviously the kind of the pat answer is, well, you know, my job is to lead people into the presence of God. Technically, that's not true. Here's what it means to truly lead worship. You want to be a a powerful worship leader on your platform, at your church, at at a social gathering, wherever it may be, to be a powerful worship leader, you do this. You worship. When you worship in spirit and in truth, others will follow you. You don't have to lead them anywhere. You don't have to play on their emotions. When you reach a place of of worshiping and, and truly understanding what it means for you to worship in spirit and in truth, you will lead others because they'll want to follow you there. You worship. That's all you got to do. As we worship, Others are going to see. Others are going to feel. It's no longer a dog and pony show. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. As we follow that spirit in, 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 in worship, worshiping God from the passion that we have for him, that, that, that whole thing begins to churn. The truth is we know who God is. We know who he is to us personally. We know what he's done for us. We know what he's going to do for us. There's a truth in his word, and we understand who God is in sovereignty and in power. And and he releases that power unto us. When we worship in his spirit, everything changes. I pray this brings something to you today. I, I hope it just enlightens your day. Find yourself worshiping today in spirit and in truth. Truly passionate about the God you serve, and understanding who he is, holy by scripture. Amen. We love you. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for putting up with the early morning voice. I'm not quite there yet. I ain't had enough coffee in me yet. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to pray that God does something in your heart today that changes you forever, that you don't come home the way you started today, that your life changes today. That, that's the prayer that we have. Every encounter that we have with God, that it changes us forever. Not just an emotional experience. Not just a, a, a short high that because the song was good, because you know, something happened that was good. But truly, truly life-changing encounter that we can't go back from. That nothing can take it away from us. Amen. Ron and I love you. We thank you for your prayers, for your support. Thank you for your financial support. All of our giving links are on our website, www.livinglightoutdoors.com. It's pinned right to the top of our Facebook page. 
in our story there. You can find how to give to us if you choose. Simple give. We've got PayPal. I've got Venmo. We've got Cash App. We've got an address you can send us a snail mail check to. It don't matter. You want to support us financially, we'll figure out a way for you to do so. Pray for us, please, as we continue on this journey of seeking out that which is lost so that it may be found. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll talk to you again real soon.